Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway, and we're gearing up for some football, food, and fun. Tackle your appetite with big game favorites. From dips and chips to party trays, drinks, and desserts, Safeway has you covered. Load these digital coupons to your Safeway for You account before you shop and save on large Hass avocados. 88 cents each, limit six items. Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef, $1.88 per pound. And Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, selected sizes and varieties, four for $10 when you buy four. Limit four items. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. This is Reister or Wrong. What do Dear Brian, Adidas, and Sydney Carter all have in common? If you don't know who Sydney Carter is, she's a college basketball coach with pink pants. Um, and we must micromanage that. So what do all three of these things have in common? Because they're all impactful and tied together today. Uh, my Lakers are FUBAR right now. I don't even know how to say it. it. It makes me sad. And Russell Westbrook is taking the high road. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, Damian Lillard in his rap songs has manifested himself to be Sisyphus, pushing the rock up the hill. Soon as he gets anywhere near the top, rolls back down on him. And now the whole franchise has tanked completely. And yep, got to be careful with them words, buddy. Same thing with Kanye West. He has spoken his life into existence. And uh, Ralph 
is uh, I think Ralph may be ready to convert to be a Jehovah's Witness because they got him. And if this time it wasn't at the door. And uh, we have a great interview, part of our Making an Athlete series with Mr. Gary Chambers, Eastern Washington, Eastern Michigan strength and conditioning coach. You guys can always hit us up. I'm Matt at unafraidshow.com or shoot us a text 818-293-7547. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. So we will start, though, Ralph, with, with Dear Brian, because this is a thing that turned into a thing today. And I, well, sorry, yesterday. And... When I first saw this tweet, Ralph, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that this was going to turn into a disaster for this man's um, for his mentions. And he didn't have the foresight to realize that. And here is the tweet that he sent out. Dear Lay, and, and mind you, he's a he's a pastor, so we understand a little bit. You know where he is coming from, I guess, on some level, but some some things. Okay, so anyways, uh, dear ladies, there is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low cut shirts, bikinis, bra and underwear or anything similar ever. Not to show your weight loss journey, (laughs) not to show your newborn baby, uh, not to document your birth story. Signed your brother's. Now, Ralph, when he sent that tweet out, he couldn't have possibly thought that that was going to go well, right? Uh, I guess it really depends on what his definition of well was. If he wanted, uh, he's a musician, and if he wanted attention, um, he certainly got it. Uh, I think that more people know the name Brian Salve. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say it. Uh, they de- definitely more people know that name today than they did yesterday. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah. So I, it really depends on what his goal was here. Um, if his goal was to get dunked on for 24 straight hours by the entire internet, then he is, he's having the best day of his life. If it was not, um, then, uh, then, then maybe the day's not going so well. What he just wanted to share his message about, you know, about what he believes that women should be doing with with their bodies, right? And here's the thing: is here, here's the truth: is that is that if we're being one hundred percent real about this, right? If we're being a hundred percent real, we understand the world that we live in. What is the, what is the oldest pr- profession, Ralph? Well, uh, I I don't know if it's true or not, but that you are referring to uh, ladies of the night uh, and men uh, of of uh, of ill repute and the exchange of uh, goods for services. <laughs> oh, that that is a nice way to say uh, prost- prostitution, pimps and johns. That's a nice way to say it, right? And men are visually stimulated, and so Brian. While there are men who are of the same, you know, uh, thought process as him, how many of them actually would see a woman in a bikini and just and just be like, nope, I'm not looking there? Or do they go like, oh, nice. I probably shouldn't look at that. Like, like, yeah, I mean, just just off general keeping it buck, keeping it 100. 
most men are not going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all stop showing up in these bikinis. Let's stop the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Let's stop the uh, let's let's all wear, you know. Burkers, women, burkers, please. Like, so like what, how many men are you going to get to co-sign this on a, on a real practical level? Like, I'm not talking about on the internet, fake, faking for the rest of the world. I'm talking about an actual practicality. How many men are going to be like, Hey wife, you don't need to be, I listen, when we're on vacation with the uh, kids, you do not post that picture in that bikini, baby. You do not. I don't care if it's a one piece, a cover up, do not post that picture. I don't even know really how to answer what it is you're the question you're posing because it if we're asking like how many men would actually co-sign what he's saying that like the, there needs to be a greater concerted effort to force women to cover up so that men avoid temptation. Um, I think that women should find the whole prospect of that pretty threatening because there are several countries uh, on this planet that actually have that as yeah. uh their daily life with Saudi Arabia, like the 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 way the the, the Taliban enforces things, like yes. having having to cover up and having no choice could definitely happen here, um, on some level, which just takes all the temptation uh, and whatnot underground, right? I think the real issue is, um, and always will be, at what point do we start making men responsible for their own eyes and hearts and minds? Bingo. And and at what point do we stop? Uh, do we stop like saying, "Hey, these food sources that farm animals and dogs have that are for nourishing children um, are actually this like super naughty, terrible thing that uh, is dirty and and bad and wrong and and look away." See, you know, and, I, I, and, I, and I'm a modesty person, right? I'm a modesty person, but at the same you're, time, bro. You're, you're a you're a modest is hottest guy. <laughs> is that what you are? What modest is, is hottest? What is I don't understand what that means. It's it, it's a it's like a mindset where, um, where mostly Christian religious men tell women that like, hey, if the whole point of you wearing revealing clothes was to get our attention, guess what? We really love covering up. We love that. You should oh, no, do no, that. No, no, tempt, no, no, tempt, no, no. Tempt us with your coverings. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What, uh, what I'm saying is, is that so like I would not have a problem if my if me and my wife were on vacation and she wore a thong bikini. That would not bother me at all. Like I would be OK with that. Like, like if that's what she wanted to wear. OK, whatever. But at the same time, I understand that people have different schools of opinion and schools of thought. But if we were at a family resort, I wouldn't like that as much if if that makes sense. But if we were on like a adults only at the Cove at the at the Atlantis, who cares? But but if it's a, a childlike environment, nah, I, I think you have to dress for where you're going. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so that's I, what I'm saying. I, I I think that there, but but that goes for me too. Like I, yeah. I wouldn't wear, you know, shorts and a t-shirt to a funeral. So I think that 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 there's an element of dress appropriately for where you are. But I'm not getting ready to tell you, hey lady, hey lady, you need, you need to put some damn clothes on. Yes, I'm gonna tell you that if you show up to the kids' recital with with booty cheeks hanging out, yes. 
But I'm also going to say that if a dude shows up with his shirt off. Like, like, like bro, what are you what are you doing? Like, like th- this is what you came in here with with with, with gray sweatpants with no drawers like this is this is how you came. Like, come on, man. I think two things that I've learned, um, whether it's, you know, coming up in church or uh, being a teacher for uh, for a short time. Um, and then just having a presence on the internet and watching women express themselves is uh, two things that you never want to do is one, um, tell a woman what choices that she should be making uh, with her garments and body and, and whatnot. Um, I think you can leave that to them. And the other thing that you never want to do is hold a woman to that same uh, standard. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to tell, <laughs> bro. You know it is an exercise yeah. in futility. So yeah. not only do that, you not want to tell them what to wear, you don't want to tell them to not tell somebody else what to wear. Yes, you mostly just want to leave, <laughs> leave it alone. Just okay, leave it alone, Brian. So, so, so that led to Adidas, and some people will say that they weren't related but i definitely believe that this is i mean yes adidas is coming out with a new line of with 43 styles of sports bras but here is the tweet that adidas put out man there are 16 different breastuses on this tweet oh no 20 I'm, i apologize 20. And if we were a different type of show, we would we would number them and and rank them. But that's not how we roll. But I uh, I would certainly I would not (laughs) (laughs) like this little closet. If if you want this little closet where we do our podcast to be my permanent home. What would what would Erin say if she listened to the podcast or watched it and she saw us number them and rank them and say which ones that that we liked best? I'm not I'm not like out to emasculate myself or anything like that. She would whoop my ass. Like I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced. Like she would rage. What the hell are you doing, Ralph? Yeah, yeah. I oh my god. I can't even like. I don't even want to think about. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. All right. So then, so we're done with the Adidas tweet because we, it was just shocking. I was like, did they really tweet this? This what is do you from think a they brand do- account. Right. What, so what do, you, what do you think that they were? Is it just one of those things where like brands are doing anything they possibly can to, to, to be controversial, to set themselves apart? Because what somebody from Adidas, want- what somebody from Adidas would tell you is well that's the whole point is we don't want this to be controversial we want it to be about uh comfort we want women to know that we're here for them but the truth is they would never have put that out in a million years unless it had the ability to create buzz and yes we know how ad dude, execs dude, think. i talked to i got in an argument with my wife about this because because i was like bro uh because i sent it on the on the family group chat one person said that's a that's offensive And and she called me. She was like, George, how is this offensive? I was like, it's offensive to some people. I was like, I don't find it offensive. I think it's a bit much for a brand account, but I don't find it offensive. I was like, I get what they're trying to uh, do. She's like, how is it offensive? I was like, well, because some people are much more 
conservative in ways that that they're they're like I don't want my kid seeing that because my kid follows Adidas and she's like breasts are not sexual objects they are uh tools for uh like babies nurturing and, yes and I was yeah. like no they are sexual I was like no they definitely are it just it, two I saw a bunch of replies that were like that were like throw it in there um. All right, now do the jockstrap tweet then. Oh God! But it's true. Like they're they're this is the same Adidas that's out there sponsoring like grassroots eleven U seven. Yeah, so so like so that's what I'm saying. So it's some twelve year old on Twitter today that 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 got. So he didn't actually yeah. have to uh, go to the bowels of the of the of the internet <laughs> to find his uh his his uh. His excitement today, he found it this right is, on the Adidas page. This is quite possibly the greatest day of some fifth grader's life. Yes, <laughs> and, <gasps> and the worst day of Brian Salve's life, because I've seen that he's been tagged like 200,000 times in the replies. I'm not saying that what Adidas did is wrong. I'm just saying that whatever headache they get that comes from this they might have been it. earned. Yep. Oh, yeah. They might have earned that one. Yes. Um, all right. <laughs> the next. Okay. So now. How did all of this impact the next person? And this is Sydney Carter, women's basketball coach. And this man, Wayne Walker, sends a message. Sydney Carter, women's basketball coach. Is her outfit appropriate as a basketball coach? Now, I look at this and I'm like, yo, she's thicker than a Snickers. Like, like, like this goes to the visually thing. You're like, yo, that is a good looking woman. And you also and and but now you're like, why the hell are we talking about her outfit? She's a basketball coach. If she had on black pants, not sure anybody would really be saying this. And my thing is, is she good at her job? Yes. Okay. well, if she's good at her job. Why do I care what color pants she has on? The the difference is, is that uh, Muffet McGraw or, uh, you know, or Pat Summit. Or uh, what's a girl that just left Baylor to go to LSU? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of women that dress like formally. Yeah, but, but there's a bunch of people that dress a bunch of different ways. Correct. I don't even understand why basketball coaches still wear suits. It's it's nonsense. You're why would you be wearing a suit? You're a basketball coach. You're doing physical stuff. Like put on put on a polo. I don't even care if you have on shorts. Just come I, on. I think the main thing about this this whole Sydney Carter thing that you're that, that you have up on the screen right now for people who can't see it, it's like pink pleather uh pants. Yeah. Maybe leather, but probably pleather. I don't think they make pink cows. And then she yeah, has like on stretchy, a yeah, yeah, like some like some patent pink patent leather pants. Right. She got like uh the breast cancer awareness Jordans. For <laughs> <laughs> and she has on like and, then, and she has on some some uh, heels. Which is what right. most women coaches wear. Right. And, and the basketball thing's so weird because you and I talked about this before we went live, talking about how baseball managers still dress up like they're part of the team. And so, like, I just imagine, like, a basketball And the managers coach literally up. do – they don't throw balls. They're not fielding anything, but they dress up just like, they were, like, yeah. like they're on the team. 
Like I watched a uh, university of Arizona coach last year, Sean Miller. I watched him drench a suit in sweat. And I thought to myself, like they should let that dude coach in a wife beater. Like, cause who would care? <laughs> honestly, like I understand the gravitas or whatever that, that a suit brings to it. But first of all, this is a breast cancer awareness game. So like the, the color is part of it. It's part yes. of what you're doing. Like if, uh, if, if a coach showed up in like a all pinked out three piece suit with a pink tie, I think that'd be sick. Like the, the whole thing is to, is to bring awareness to a, a, a common cause. Um, and so I, I don't know, man, I just, uh, the, it, it feels weird that it's because it's a woman that we're worried about it because I just can't imagine. I can't imagine a situation where, you know, uh, a, a guy comes out in a jumpsuit or a romper or something to coach basketball. Can you imagine? Can you oh imagine like a male coach coming out in like a an, in a male one piece romper? Like, Bro. would we be would we be talking about it with the same? <laughs> like, we'd certainly be we'd certainly be talking about it. But the basketball is just that one unique sport in where, like, um, in football, a coach can dress comfortably. Uh, not everybody's out there trying to be what Mark Nolan, who, you know, was like the last guy to wear a suit on the sideline. Um, you know, uh, you have Belichick with the cutoff hoodie. Uh, baseball, you dress like the team. In basketball, fashion's like, it's part of it. It's yes. w- whatever you bring to the table. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Kind of um, says a little bit about who you are and how you coach. And I just, I can't imagine having a problem with this and not just enjoying it. Because that's one of the things that makes basketball unique is that you have a coach that can like put personality out there. So I don't know, man. It just seems like a waste of breath. 
Absolutely, 100%. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's Super Bowl week, and the Around the NFL podcast is all over it. Recording three shows from Radio Row in downtown L.A. Greg, get crazy. It's a home game. We work here. We live here. We dominate here. Our set is bigger than all the other sets, and they will cower in fear when they see us. I mean, we are bathed in external power. We love football. We've been grinding for the last 10 years in a row. Where else would we be during Super Bowl week, Dan? Listen on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It is me, Rachel Bonetta. And if you don't know yet, I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. With the Super Bowl right around the corner and in L.A. this year, we are going to be broadcasting from the center of the action at the exclusive iHeartRadio set on Radio Row. Ooh, ah. We might have a special guest or two stop by, and we are getting ready for the biggest game of the year. So make sure you tune in to Benched with Benetta next week on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Colleen Wolf. Join me and my co-host Erica Tamposi on the Split Ends podcast live from Radio Row. We'll be interviewing players and celebrities with the hard-hitting questions that you need to know. And we're doing it with a bingo wheel. Tune in to Split Ends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, now... A team that has been not a waste of breath, but a waste of time to watch this season. I have never been. Actually, I was less frustrated when um, when like Nick Young, Jeremy Lin and the rest of these dudes were playing for the Lakers when like Kobe was on Jimmy Kimmel and he was sitting there and just just so disappointed in the way that they were behaving after a win. And they were like way under 500. Like, I felt better about that team. I felt better about watching Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball lose because at least they were young and pups and all of this stuff. This team has been constructed so poorly. This team has made me like be angry at a person that I like. And that is, and defend is Russell Westbrook. I have defended him to the hilt, and now it's made me not like him as a basketball player at times. Like, the amount of shots that he has had uh, not hit the rim through 50-some games should be enough for an entire career. Like, air balls, bank shots that, that hit the top of the back, bro, it is painful. It is painful. And now the trade deadline is coming up. But I will say, I applaud Russell Westbrook. The way he's handling being benched. He's the, But at the same time, it shows no awareness. It's like he doesn't understand that he's playing awfully. And he's like, yo, yo, I just want to be, be out there helping the team. I think I've earned it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 Carmelo could say the same thing. But at some point in time, we have to realize it ain't working, pal. Oh, and you look at you over there with your damn smug smile. With what am with, I supposed to say? With your best record in the NBA, with your little sorry ass sons. Is I you gotta? I'm new to this. Is 44 and 10 good? Is that a good record? Shut up! Shut up! You know that, it's good because because you, you're used to watching the Lakers back, or the Warriors have that record. Back to back road wins over the the Nets and 
and Sixers? Is that is that pretty good? Uh, the Nets, no, because they've lost nine games in a row. So, oh, okay. Oh, do they play the Suns nine times? That's rough. <laughs> no, look, 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 look. I I don't care if the Lakers are good or bad. I don't. I it does not bring me. I'm not one of those NBA fans that gets joy out of anybody losing except the Jazz. And so <laughs> the Jazz, uh, they don't follow that rule. Anytime that the Jazz lose is good for America. Um, but like, I would I would prefer to not have a, a LeBron-led team going out sad, struggling the way that they're struggling. Um, because this is LeBron's fault. This is the team that he wanted. He's essentially the co-GM of this team. And he has uh, he, he mortgaged the future to win now with AD, and they did. They got a title. Um, and then bringing in Westbrook and some of his old friends so that he's not having to talk to people about doing TikTok dances and he can talk about mid-30s stuff with his teammates is not leading to wins on the court. Dude, and I get but it. Somebody, I, but this is Rob Palinka's job. It doesn't matter what LeBron James wants. Sometimes you have to say no. Dude, they could have had Buddy Heald. You they know how far you would go? To they could have had DeMar DeRozan. They could have had DeMar DeRozan instead of Russell Westbrook. It's true. That's true. You wouldn't get uh, any three-point help out of that, but he'd be much better from the how, 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 how would we get three-point – how are we getting three-point help, help out of Westbrook? <laughs> Sometimes one of those long rebounds that go off the top of the backboard hits an open shooter. Like it bounces <laughs> off the top of the backboard. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't oh – look, I like Russell Westbrook um, and – you know how I feel about LeBron. I'm just grateful to be alive uh, at the time that he's um, hooping. He shouldn't be 36, third in the league in scoring, second in the league in scoring. He shouldn't be putting in 30 a night. I don't know yeah. who on this team's responsibility it is to play defense. At some point, somebody's going to have to take some blame for something. And they just got worked by Giannis, who's the future, who is one of the only people that I fear in the NBA. I as much, as fun as it was to see uh, Joel Embiid uh, lose to the Suns last night, because all Joel Embiid does is troll uh, other NBA players, and it was fun for a while. But now it's going to end up being the reason that nobody wants to go play with him. Um, but he, you know, to watch Joel Embiid troll people, and he's trolled the Suns for years and eight, and to watch them lose, like that makes me happy. But I want one of those East Coast teams to like to sack up and in time to knock the bucks out of the playoffs. Because I think it's not going to matter if my team gets there or if your team gets there at the end of the year, if you have Giannis waiting for you in, in the finals. So um, technically, as long as the Lakers, oh, and the especially playoffs, if they the get Schroeder too, if they get Schroeder too, bro, it's a, it's a burrito. I, I, well, actually the only team that's going to be able to beat them is the Warriors. But actually, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, Dr- Draymond may be the only person who can slow down Giannis. Maybe the only man who can slow down Giannis. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I, I don't know, dude. I just, I so, just know that, like, I, I want the Lakers to make the playoffs. I do want them to make the playoffs. I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, I know that there's people out there that say I only care about my team. I don't care about the product, but I, I would much rather watch a first hey, round. We are in the nine seed right, right now. We're, we're gonna finish top six, five or six. I hope. Um, but I mean, we're we're only three games. What 
four four and a half games back from the sixth seed with you know with a third of the season left. I I tell you, and, it would not be good for your personal mental health to have an LA Clippers team minus Pat Bev, minus Paul George, minus Kawhi to be the eighth seed that keeps the ninth seed Lakers out of the playoffs. But I guess does the ninth seed does the ninth seed actually get a play in game? Yeah. Yeah, the, and the t- okay, and I, I don't see the Lakers falling below nine because the gap between nine and so next is seven so seven plays eight, nine plays ten, winner of seven eight plays nine ten. But okay, but but nine ten has to win twice. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, and that's what the Lakers did, right? Yeah, to, yeah. in the bubble. Uh. No, last year they they were in the play-in and they just beat the Warriors and then they beat the next team too. Okay. So so yeah. So well, that's nice that the NBA is giving the Lakers a, a little bit of like a some handicap help. Shut up! Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like you right 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 now. But but the question is, who will be? Will any of them be on the Lakers? Well. Which Lakers will still be there on Thursday afternoon? Because I say if your name is not LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Malik Monk, you can go. <laughs> Ever that's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. If it if it's not nailed down, <clears throat> if it's and those three things should be nailed down. If it's not any of them. Sayonara, buddy. Sayonara. I tell you what, if I if I was Rob Palenka, I would see if I can throw this is gonna sound wild because it's just gonna sound like I'm being a homer because he has not uh lived up to his potential so far. But knowing that the Kings are doing whatever the Kings are doing Bagley. right now. Yeah, to, oh yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, he's like since he's since coming back from injury, he's like uh, number three in the league in defensive. You know who percentage. else? The you need Lakers, somebody to play defense. You know who else the Lakers should go get? They're Ooh. not playing them anyway. Go get Bagley and Cam Reddish. The yeah. the, the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish and won't, won't even play him, so they, he holds no value. Trade him for THT or somebody. Like you take THT, we'll take Cam Reddish back because what's the worst that could happen? It's already worst case scenario right now. Yeah, I just know that there's, you know, there's a list of eight teams in the Western Conference that aren't going to do anything with the Lakers. They're not going to do a single thing to help LeBron. So you're going to have to find somebody other than the teams that actually have a shot at the playoffs. Because the Suns aren't, the Suns wouldn't do anything to get better if it meant helping the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, neither would the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't see Steve Ballmer greenlighting any like intercity moves or anything like that. So it's going to be interesting. Like we're going to find out how we, we know how good LeBron is. I think his legacy is secured, but like, we're going to find out if Rob Polinka can do what it takes to probably hold on. Is this, is this it for LeBron? This is his last year of his four year deal, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. So we shall, we shall see buddy. We'll be all right. He'll be, he'll be, he'll, he'll sign on for, Two more seasons, and then Bronny will have a chance to go to the NBA, and then we'll see where he'll play. Um, Would you root for LeBron if he came to Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, because Phoenix may end up being 
my team in a few, you know, in a couple months. Okay. <laughs> may. That's right. That's right. You you don't like having a bad experience, so you just latch on to whoever's good. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Damian Lillard, though. The Portland Trailblazers have absolutely decimated their roster. They have, I mean, they turned... Uh, they well y- yesterday they just traded away his running mate CJ McCullum, which was the final piece of anything that was worth you know anything left on that on that team, and they had already made a bunch of trades in the in the previous weeks, um, sending you know everybody from Norman Powell to to other people, so. And that oh oh so here here it is, the Blazers essentially traded two first round picks and Trevor Ariza for Robert Covington. The Blazers then traded Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood for Norman Powell. Now all the Blazers have to show for those two trades is Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, and a couple months of Eric Bledsoe. And then they just traded yesterday for a couple dudes I didn't even know were in the NBA. So. They got some picks back. They got about $60 million in cap space. They're going to try to get some free agents to, 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 to Portland. This was the only way to do it. Blow it up. But Damian Lillard, in his raps, he's like, yo, I'll do the grind. I'm about to grind. Well, you got grind, buddy, in year 10. I, if, I'm, if I'm him, I'm not signing up for this long-term rebuild because you're never going to get a chance to win. I don't understand how everybody's trolling Damian Lillard, George, for wanting to, for having loyalty to uh, a franchise and a city. Like, it's not that far removed from everybody and their mother ripping on LeBron for the decision, for yeah. leaving Cleveland behind to, to, to build super teams. There's still enough people out there that believe that that changed the trajectory of basketball so much that it's not even enjoyable for them anymore because it's just a free for all of people trying to chase titles. We made titles, the end all be all thing. We, we valued it over everything else and every debate and everything we ever talked about. And so I don't blame people who are out there chasing titles, but what I don't understand is this idea of mocking somebody for saying like, no, I'm, I'm going to be loyal to the soil. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't blame him for it. But at the, but at the same time, he spoke it into existence. Like he spoke it into existence. Do you believe that this is an important question? Because he he was in college 08 through 2012. So not in the current climate, right? He went to Weaver State. Yep. After his sophomore year, he was dropping 20 a game. It was pretty obvious that he was different. Yeah. Very different. And he went on to be a two-time Big Sky player of the year. His senior year, he he was averaging 25. Yeah. He so so he's already an older player. If he existed at Weber State in the current climate, you know, 10 years later, somebody who comes out and averages 20 as a sophomore and is Big Sky player of the year, they are transferring to Kentucky. Yeah. Right? And so is it just a matter of like almost like being on that generational cusp of like yeah. you just even if people overlook you you stick it out because people overlooked him at Weaver State and he was able to become a legend there and people overlooked him uh in the draft which is how he ended up in Portland 
And I mean, he, he was still a high first franchise. round pick. He was a top ten pick. Right. That that's not overlooked. You don't think so? Everybody, everybody likes to say they were overlooked in some way. Dude, Bryce Young says that he was overlooked and not, even though he's like thought of as one of the best passers in California high school history. But, but everybody, you know, but not because everybody, single person with a with a pulse, didn't believe, you know. So okay, so but you you don't think you don't think that like that Lillard sits there thinking about how Thomas Robinson was one pick ahead of him, or how Who? how Cleveland went. Cleveland took Thomas Robinson from from Kansas. Yeah, he was the fifth pick in that draft. Lillard was Mm. six. It was Anthony Davis, which is the consensus number one. I don't think anybody would like in a redraft. Everybody would say. And then Michael Kidd Gilchrist was a Uh, Michael Jordan draftee. Yeah, he's uh, been Charlotte. He's he's an NBA player. Like, let's just say that he's an NBA. player. And then Bradley Beal. Okay, was the number three pick. Okay, Dion Waiters. Thomas Robinson, Damian Lillard. Okay, who are the next four picks to round? Well, who are the next seven picks to round out the lottery? Uh, Harrison Barnes, Terrence Ross, Andre Drummond, Austin Rivers, Myers Leonard, Jeremy Lamb, and Kendall Marshall. So the top two point guards that were taken were were Lillard and Kendall Marshall. It's not there yeah. was no point guard talent in that draft. None. Yeah, but at the same time, like that that that's actually on a on a go back. That wasn't a terrible top. That was ter- wasn't a terrible lottery. Only like three picks were just awful. Yeah, there was one good point guard in the whole draft, and he went first at his position. Yep. Okay. And that was that was Lillard. So, I, yeah, you're right. I I don't know. I I don't look at Lillard like I I, I don't mock him for wanting to be a trailblazer. I think that that is no. That's that's uh, admirable. That's real cute. Like, I, I but think why do these other NBA players like Joel Embiid? get offended and make fun of him for being somebody who says like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick it out here. Like I'm, they're going to build around me. Like, why is that something he should be made fun of for? Yeah. No, I know. <sighs> is it because he can't do it? No, he shouldn't be made fun of for it, dude. He's trying his best to go win a championship in a place that's hard to recruit free agents, that hasn't drafted well, that's made terrible trades. Like it, it you can't win like that. So if he wants to be a winner, he's gonna have to go elsewhere. And and, Did and he paint if, himself into a into a corner to where his credibility is shot if he turns yes. around and says, "All right, it's time to trade." Uh, no, no, because that because I think that people will will say in two years, like, "Man, look, you gave it a good college try, bro. Like, like you did all you could. Like you, like you tried. Like you stuck it out there for twelve years through everything. You didn't try to leave, and now you're like." I want to go somewhere else, bro. But at that point in time, he might just be like, F it, bro. I'll, I'll be Charles Barkley. I'll be, you know, Kevin Johnson. I'll be, you know, whoever. All right. His name in Phoenix Suns who never won a title. I appreciate you. <laughs> Carl Malone and John Stockton were right there. <laughs> <laughs> but but if I said the name Carl, Carl Malone, then you would want to punch the wall. So That's true. Yeah. Not so, a good dude. Uh, speaking of speaking things into existence, I have some words for you. Restraining order. Can't see my daughter. Her mother, brother, grandmother hate me in that order. Public visitation. We met at borders. Told her she'd take me back. I'll be more supportive. 
I made mistakes. I bumped my head. Court sucked me dry. I spent that bread. She need her daddy. Baby, please can't let her go up, grow up in that ghetto university. So that's from Kanye's All of the Lights. Did, did he speak his life into existence? Please outline for me what you what you believe about the idea of manifestation. Oh, that your words have power. You say okay. them and you say them enough. That's what you will manifest in your life. Kobe Bryant said he was going to die young. Tupac, Biggie, countless others. You you manifest these things in your life. Like if you speak negativity all the time, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get sadness and negativity. Like my my wife always asks me, she's like when uh, she says I have good parking juju, right? That I always find the best parking space available when we go somewhere, even if it's super crowded. And I'm like, because I expect it to have, like, I expect good things to happen all the time. When I, when I pray in the mornings or at night, I pray for one of the main things I pray for is favor. I pray for favor. Uh, not, I don't, I don't pray for, you know, just being the most talented or the most skilled or yes, those things are important too. But I pray for favor. And I expect good things to happen to me. And I don't speak negativity on my life, on my kids, my friends, none of them. Okay. So, and I think that when you do that, even though people say it's just music, music has power. That's what people listen to before they go to war, before they go play games. The angels played it before. Like it has power. So if you say these things, you are going to manifest them in your life. Just like just like rappers who talk about killing each other all the time and all that. They it usually befalls them or people around them. And the same thing with country okay. music people who who talk about certain certain things. They're sad, too. It, it, it's not rock, rock music, the drugs, the pit, like you manifest this stuff with what you say. OK, all right. I. And I, I think I'm just coming at this from a place of I want I want to understand that I feel like we also live in a world of a lot of people posting like Instagram squares of inspirational quotes to try to manifest some type of like mumbo jumbo to like lift them out of a circumstance that they don't actually believe. So there's people who speak good, feel bad, and they're trying to like get out of that hole with their with with their words and their practice and i don't think there's anything wrong with that with trying to manifest positivity i just don't know so so i'm somebody who um i'm somebody who uh does almost like a reverse manifestation right like i believe that you should outline all of the possible scenarios when it comes to your actions right and i think that uh, as somebody who has, um, and it's reflected in my sports betting, uh, if I believe a thing, if I believe a thing will happen, there's a pretty good chance it's going to go the other way. So I like to outline all of the negative consequences that could come out of a behavior that I'm about to engage in, because if I think that if I put my eye on what some of the negative circumstances that could come out of it will be, it might actually help me avoid it. Right. So like, let's say that I'm about to take our minivan on like a rocky little off road. Okay. 
I'm like, this is definitely going to pop all four tires. And I say that out loud. <laughs> and then as, as you're doing it. And I know, I know that because I outlined and thought of the worst possible scenario that I'm probably going to do what it takes to avoid the worst possible scenario because I'm actually mindful of, oh, me, of ha- how it could go wrong. No, no. See, see me, I might think it, I might, but, but thing is, if I think, oh man, I'm going to pop all four tires, I'm not going to do the thing that's going to pop all four tires that I believe is going to pop all four tires. Okay. Okay, so what you're saying is like you would take the you would take your your uh, car off road and you'd be like, this is gonna be fine. Yes, <laughs> okay. a, 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 assuming that it was appropriate. Like I'm not gonna drive down the side of a mountain and be like, yeah, it'll be fine. No, I might be like, this could go bad. Okay, I do, but I do think we we live in a world of like, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Inappropriate expectations and manifestations of people yes. who haven't necessarily put in the work to say like to think positively. And they think that that's going to be the thing that is their path. Yeah, to but, success. yeah but with uh. What's what's say faith without actions is dead. So so is so you can I can wish that I would have a billion dollars. But if I don't do no damn work, I'm not getting a billion dollars. Like I can have all the positivity in the whole world. Somebody's going to run it like something's just going to happen. No, bro. You got to put some work into action to get that luck or that favor or that fortune. I'm just saying. So, okay. so, so did we, Kanye manif- manifest his life? Maybe, maybe. Um, if he, if if that's one of those things that he just sort of had an expectation because aren't his parents divorced or whatever? I'm assuming he wasn't talking about a situation that he was already in. And so, I know, but you know, uh, it, 
<laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's the difference between like being a high level athlete and saying, I'm going to go out and score 30 tonight. And me saying like, I'm going to go out there and I'm probably going to sprain my ankle. So like anything that happens outside of spraining my ankle is a bonus. Yes. Like that is that that's the way that I manifest is like, <laughs> it's like, here's the worst possible thing that could happen. And if it doesn't go that way, I have a multitude of reasons to be grateful, to be grateful. because you know what? I went into this red Robin. I ordered a, a, a royal burger with extra cheese, and I did not shit my pants. And for that, I am grateful. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fantasy football fans, the Super Bowl is right around the corner, and the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast will be at the exclusive iHeartRadio set on Radio Row to cover all the action heading up to the big game. We'll be joined by special guests on Radio Row to give player perspective and help you find an edge to dominate whatever version of fantasy football you might be playing on Super Bowl Sunday. Subscribe now and listen to a super edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the final thing is <laughs> Ralph, uh, Ralph ran into some Jehovah's Witnesses because they usually they show up at your door, try to give you watchtowers and awakes to spread their faith and all of this stuff. Right. But yeah. now that I think about it, I was like when, when he brought it up, I was like, damn, I haven't seen a Jehovah's Witness in quite some time. Because then I'm then I thought about it, I was like, oh, because of because of COVID. So Ralph ran into some Jehovah's Witnesses. What happened, Ralph? On my phone. On my phone. They called me. Cold call. Cold call. <laughs> Do you he know said, Jesus? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't that though, George. It was like, hey, this is Gavin. I uh, had heard that some people are dealing with depression and anxiety in your area. Just wanted to call, check in, and see how you're doing. Oh, wow. That's a good way to start a phone call, actually. Yeah, like that that was the lead in. And, I said, and imagine uh, if you yeah. are de- dealing with anxiety or depression in that moment and you haven't had anybody who cared at all. Yeah, I mean, that could be the call. That could be, you know, it, it could be helpful. But then it was one of those things where I was like, oh, thank you for the call, Gavin. I see that you have a local area code. He was calling from the, the Charlotte area. And I said, um, I see that you have a local area code. Um, can you tell me what organization you're calling with? And he said, Oh, I, I'm, I'm calling from Matthews, North Carolina. And I was like, Oh no, no, not the city. I mean, like, what's the, what's the actual like purpose behind the the call? I mean, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually um, a member of the local like Jehovah's witness chapter or kingdom, kingdom, calling. kingdom hall, kingdom hall. Yeah. Lo- a member of the local kingdom hall um, calling around, which is crazy. Cause I have I'm very Arizona familiar area, with though. these people. They are, they are in my, in my extended family. And I, and to be honest, like I'm, I'm fascinated with religion. I'm fascinated by the idea of religion. I'm a religious person. Um, I'm fascinated by all the different offshoots of the religion that we have that seem to be made by people who are dealing with questions of the Trinity, um, because that's a big part of Jehovah's Witnesses. Like they're like, well, the we can't buy into the Trinity. So like, here's a whole new religion. And then and there's a bunch of different religions like that. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's something that I'm very familiar with and, and I would get probably a quarterly every three months, every four months knock on my door uh, in the last 10, 15 years of living in Arizona. And, and I like to talk to people. I probably <laughs> treat my in-person interactions a little bit too much. Like I treat Twitter, you know, like I, I should shut a conversation down, but instead I, 
Uh, yes. I invite it to go to its ultimate end. But in the last five years, as somebody who had a daughter who was uh, saved by an ECMO machine, which is basically like a constant blood transfusion, um, you know, literally brought my daughter back from the dead, saved her life. Uh, that's a big tenet to the Jehovah's Witness faith is that you can't accept um, blood transfusions, which is, I think, one of the things that factored into Prince's death. He had a hip issue and, you know, did, was hesitant to get uh, um, uh, a, uh, a hip tra- transplant that, that probably would have kept him off uh, painkillers um, and be- because, you know, of the certain rules within the Jehovah's Witness faith. And so, you know, one of the things that I usually do is I say, like, hey, I want to cut to the chase of this conversation because I realize this is a conversion call. I realize this is a rule of your religion. I bring my daughter out and I show them my daughter and say, like, she would not be alive if not for a blood transfusion. So I will continue this conversation with you if you can admit to me in front of my daughter that she should be dead and that you would have allowed her to die. And some people think that that's brutal and mean, but like that that's the truth is this is a conversion call. This is one of the most important tenets of your faith. I need you to tell me in front of my daughter while I hold her that she should be dead. I need you. And, and if you can do that, then we we absolutely can have an honest conversation. Because if not, we're just beating around the bush, right? And so, dude, you know, you that's how I these, used to address the 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 fact that you get that far with them. I'd be like, yeah, nah. My grandfather had me reading Watchtowers and Awakes when I was a kid. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. like, like, there's nothing. Like, there's nothing that a Jehovah's Witness can tell me about that that can make me stay at my door. We're on my phone longer than 45 seconds. Aside, right, as, just, as, as, aside from, listen, I'm here to talk to you about converting your faith, but I'm considering harming myself. That is the only way I'm staying longer. Like, okay. it's to save that person's life. That is the only reason. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift. 
and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. I think that, you know, I think part of it was living in Arizona for the last, you know, decade and a half. It's hot out. I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. <laughs> they got all dressed up. They're coming door to door. They bring their kids. They bring their kids, you yep. know, and, and, and so I say like, hey, if, if we can have an honest conversation, then let's have that conversation. If, if, if we're going to dance, like I don't have time for the dance. So this is my daughter. Tell me what you thought I should have done. And if they can tell me in front of her that she shouldn't be here anymore, then I'll listen to the next thing they have to say. But if they excuse themselves, which is what happens every single time, if they excuse themselves to the next house, then that's the end of that conversation. Now I can't show them my daughter when they're calling me on the phone. This is an interesting new approach from the Watchtower Society and the people of Kingdom Hall. So now uh, you got to figure out a way to, so maybe you should ask them to FaceTime you. Because <laughs> they already have yeah. your phone number, so just 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 hit the picture button. Are you cool with that? Are you cool with the move to, because I, mean, I think we're all probably used to people knocking on our door and controlling like what that situation no, the, is. No, that, that, that is abusive, just like the scam likely calls. It's, it's, it's abusive. I want no part of it. Do you think do you think phone companies should add Jehovah's Witnesses to the scam? Oh my God! Yes, 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 yes. Except except for don't say scam scam likely. Just say scam definitely. <laughs> no man, because they're because they're not scamming. I know now. See, they're this just, is I was out here, and I do respect and love people of Jehovah's Witness faith. I just don't want to be uh, converted at this point in time. Um, are you so nice? Am I? Are you sure? Are you sure I'm the nice one by making them look a five-year-old girl in the eyes? Oh, true. Yes, yes. You yeah. are actually a a dirt bag for that one, buddy. But uh, but yeah. Um, that is right or wrong for the day. You guys weigh in. Tell us what you think R- Ralph should do because we're gonna absolutely make this one a clip. That's hilarious. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Now we are on with Gary Chambers, strength and conditioning coach over at Eastern Michigan, former Sun Devil, Pac-12 guy. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks so much for having me. How's it going today, huh? Man, it's going good. So this is our making an athlete segment. And we talk about, you know, how to make an athlete because parents are always wondering, like, I'm going to make me an athlete. I'm going to make me a division one athlete. I'm going to make me a pro athlete. And some of it is nature. Some of it is nurture. Just to start, like, where do you like for you being a collegiate athlete at Arizona State now transitioning to where you are now? What are some of the biggest influences on you to get to where you have become to this day? Um, yeah, I mean, there's been so, so many, so many influences. Um, I mean, I was fortunate and lucky enough to have uh, a lot of really good support from my family. Uh, my parents, you know, were always in my corner helping me uh, in some of those rougher times in my career and just, you know, and growing up anyways, um, I had a a few really good coaches along the way uh, that were, you know, major influences in my sports career and just in life, um, especially, you know, when you, 
when I was kind of early in that college uh, career time, maybe transitioning out of high school, going into the college time, um, just helping me be on my own, helping me learn some of some of those hard lessons that I need to learn now that I'm separated from my parents. Uh, so it's really just trying to soak up as much uh, game and wisdom and uh, knowledge as I can from some of the people who are a little bit older than me and had seen some of the stuff that I maybe have been going through at that time. Gary, it's Ralph Amston. Um, a long time no talk, yeah, but man. we. Uh, um, I'm kind of interested in in what it takes from the athlete's end and what it takes from the person who is responsible for, for raising up an athlete, you know, the nature versus nurture, how much in you um, were, were, you know, you were so responsible for your success as an athlete and how much of it had to do with the outside influence that you were getting and the support, the right coaches seeing you, the right coaches training you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's tough. You know, finding that finding that balance is, I, I think, what everyone is looking for. Um, at the end of the day, when you, if you're an athlete, you know, it's going to be up to you uh, to get a lot of stuff done. You know, it's going to be up to you. You're going to be the one who has to show up to the, to the practices, show up to, you know, different training sessions, um, do all those little things in between uh, to make sure you're, you know, you're performing at your at your the highest level or, you know, to the best of your abilities. Uh, but I, I would say the the guidance part of it was was big, you know, uh, especially as a younger uh, man. You know, I could go play sports. I would love to go. I wanted to go play basketball all day. I wanted to go play football all day. You know, so actually just playing was one thing. But um, the structure behind some of it that I didn't have or that I, you know, didn't know about was big getting from other people. You know, this is kind of the direction you go. These are some of the things you do during these specific times, um, I think was big. And then just helping me uh, stay focused, stay focused on the, on the goal at hand, uh, I think, it's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture sometimes at a certain age. Um, and, you know, although I did love my sport and I wanted to play uh, college, you know, was the dream. NFL was the dream. Uh, but, you know, in the moment, sometimes you can get caught up a little bit or you get a little lost in the sauce as to, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. And you don't realize it takes a lot more work and a lot more, you know, of a bit of a thought process to get to some of those bigger goals that you want to get in. So uh, the people around me, you know, kind of were able to just keep me along that track. And, and as I continue to progress in my, in my game and playing, um, I work on the little bit of skills and all the, that kind of stuff in between. So, did you have somebody who had been there before who had been a collegiate athlete or a pro athlete, somebody there to help guide you and show you that stuff? Because uh, when I was talking to Ralph about you, he was he, he was like, Gary came in as one of the lowest rated guys in his class mm -hmm. and then worked his way all the way up to being a good third, third down guy, getting opportunities, a reliable receiver and all of those things. So did you have somebody to help you guide through the the hard part of having to work your way up and not being this heralded recruit? Yeah, um, honestly, no. I, my so my, my father, he was he was the basketball guy. So when I was really young, you know, he wanted me to be a basketball player. Uh, but, you know, as I kind of was Going through my my career in football at a young age, um, I, I, I had some people that I looked up to, but uh, nobody super close that I could say, you know, this was your college career and I could pick off of it. This was your professional career. Uh, a lot of this, that kind of stuff was trial and error, and you know, trying to figure it out as as I as I 
went along about it. Um, I always knew I was talented in my own head. I always knew I could play the sport that I loved. Um, it was, there was no real question in, in my own head whether I, whether I was good or not um, or whether I could succeed in playing the sport or not. Um, but I would say a lot of those lessons along the way, I had to, um, you know, pick up and, and, and learn as I went. Uh, and I was kind of building the plane while I was flying it, uh, you know, for, for a lot of that. But um, once again, I think, you know, and, and, and kind of like what you said, Rob said, being being considered an underdog or, and, and being considered like, you know, that guy that has to work up. I always had a chip on my shoulder and I was always hungry and willing to go get it. So um, a lot of that guidance was more so keeping me moving forward, you know, with all of that. Um, and I think that's was, was a really big part for me. What was the prove it moment to yourself? Because like you said, you had that confidence in yourself as an athlete. You knew what you could get done. Mm -hmm. But every athlete has that moment when they they actually like hit one of their goals and they're like, oh, I was right. Yeah. Um, was that for you? Was that like signing day? Was that something specific at Arizona State? Was that spending time with the Buffalo Bills? Like what what was it um, that that that's it just sort of registered to you like i bet on myself and i've been right this whole time yeah um there, i mean there's been a few times because if you ask me you know i think i had a little bit of that underdog story through every level of, of my athletics i remember being in high school and um not a lot of division one football came out of ironwood high school where i went um and a big part of that was you know, some of my players or peers saying, oh, he's going D1, you know, he's going D1 kind of as, as jokingly because I hadn't really gotten that offer yet or hadn't made it there yet. Um, and when I just kind of felt like I was getting on the field and nobody could really touch me in my own brain, I felt like I was, you know, my dad used to always say, you can't only compare yourself to your teammates and the people around you. You need to compare yourself to, you know, the people in the state, the people in the West Coast, you know, who's doing what out of your position. Um so a lot of that was big time. A, a, a really memorable moment for me uh, was rookie minicamp with the Bills. You know, of course, uh, I get there and, you know, all the rookies that I had seen playing all over the country, you know, draft pick here from Alabama, you know, D-Lyman from Clemson, uh, DB from USC. Now we're all together, uh, you know, in our first little minicamp. And uh, it, it was like a – oh, this is just football. Like, you know, this guy, he, he's guarding me just like I'm guarding. And we're all, on this, you know, on the same level. We can all play football. We're all football players. Uh, that was a really big point for me. <laughs> that was fun because at that point, I felt like I was out there, you know. And that was one of those, oh, yeah, I, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be doing this kind of moments. Uh, yeah, and, and, um, and I always say that, you know, that, that to make a division one athlete, that to make a pro athlete, that to make all of this, you should actually be trying to make a good person. Mm -hmm. You should be trying to build their character as much because because I think sometimes people lose track of the fact that that your football character is related into your life character, mm -hmm. too. Like that if you work hard, don't skip steps, you try to do people right all the time, you'll do that off the field as well. So I think that you actually need to build that off the field first. So do you like how much do you think have you seen in your experience? You're at Eastern Michigan now, like that character that the people's character outside of the field actually translate to how good they are in their character on the field. Yeah, all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, I. A lot of times 
you know, you hear it and they talk about some of the best athletes and some of those really good players on the field. And they say, you know, he's even a better guy off the field or, you know, she's even a better uh, person off the, off the court, off the field, off the pitch. Um, it hundred percent. I'm a firm believer in uh, character. I'm a firm believer in building a strong culture. Uh, and I think all of that has a big, very, very big carryover um, a to, you know, how you perform, but just the type of player you are. I think uh, those little lifestyle kind of habits that you have and the way you go about things, all of that is your game. You know, as you step onto the field and you play, it, your, your football game tells a story. And I think a lot of times, you know, that story might not fully get heard, but um, you can see a lot of those different things kind of piggyback off of each other. And character, to me, is at the top of that list. So, so super, super quick. So when, so when you talk about character, right. Mm -hmm. And building an athlete's character, this is one thing I think that sometimes parents struggle with and all that is kind of consequences when stuff's not going right, because they're like, wait, hold up. No, I, I don't want my kid to miss this game, this tournament, this, this or that, because this is their opportunity. But if you're messing up in life or in school, how do you think parents should handle that? Um, you know, I do know to each his own and a lot of parents, you know, handle, handle things differently than maybe how my parents would handle certain things for me. Um, I do think that, uh, a lot of times the, the problem, the, the first problem we identify isn't usually the, the, the root of the problem a lot of times. So, um, you know, if things may not be going right in your sport for whatever reason, uh, it could possibly in the probably be something elsewhere and vice versa. So um, I think, you know, everything's about finding balance, especially as you're at an, in, a, in an age of development, you know, where there's just so much development from that 14 to 22, you know, especially in sports, there's just so much happening. So um, I think, you know, the closer you can get to finding that balance uh, in, in how you move, being on time, you know, be letting the right things come out when you when you speak, um, you know, being just respectful, being, uh, you know, grateful. I think showing those different kind of qualities and actually working on those things um, really do care. does carry it carries over to your sport. And um, a lot of that stuff is a is a conversation. You know, a simple conversation and, and actually communicating between each other. I think sometimes we, we, we drill into what we think um, a situation or, or something might be. And this is what's happening on the field. And this is all I focus on. Sometimes it's better to just slow yourself down, take a step back and, uh, you know, see if you can talk some of that stuff out. And a lot of times I feel like the answer usually pops out at you eventually. So we talked about how you were made into an athlete and now you found yourself in the business of making athletes. Yeah. How did you end up uh, a strength and conditioning coach? And what are some of the values and philosophies you bring into the the day to day of doing your job? Um, absolutely. So uh, I personally, I always loved performance. I always loved the human body for a while when I was younger, I wanted to work in a hospital for a long time. I just love health. Um, I went to college, uh, and, and got my degree in exercise and wellness. So I always kind of knew I wanted to be in the health and the performance uh, area of things. Um, I'm really a kind of a book nerd. I love, you know, anatomy and physiology and all those kind of things uh, always interested me. 
Um, and then, of course, I love the culture and I love being around sports, especially college athletics. Um, I'm just a, a big fan of the energy that it brings, a big fan of, to, of uh, competing. I love the competitiveness. Um, so after, you know, playing football and, uh, you know, being lucky enough to play professionally and have my shot, um, I came back from Canada. I played in the Canadian Football League for a bit, came back from Canada, uh, and I started working with high schoolers. And um, I went to the high school level. I actually was a strength coach for all over the board. I actually was, you know, flag football team, you know, all the way to, um, yeah, high school, volleyball, basketball, football. Um, I got a really cool opportunity to move to Australia. So I moved out there as a strength coach. And then uh, after I came back here, they actually closed the borders uh, and I came back to America. And luckily, um, I was fortunate enough to get a shot in college athletics. Um, I interned at Notre Dame, I, you know, worked myself through a couple ranks. And um, luckily enough, Coach Creighton here at Eastern Michigan gave me a, a great opportunity uh, to be a strength coach for me. I do this. Yeah, I'm definitely a big nerd. I definitely love the human body. I love, you know, watching somebody develop and, and seeing them perform well. Uh, but I really do it for relationships. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, I just love building relationship with with the teams, the coaches, the staff. Um, once again, it's such a big time for development. And I remember, you know, my time in college, it uh it was just so important to me in my life. So for me, you know, anything that I can really give to some of these kids who are in that same age uh, and are going through some of those things or trying to, you know, in some of that in that space, I guess, um, any way I can help, anything that I can toss their way uh, is, is why I do it. Of course, we're going to work hard in the weight room. Of course, we're going to get stronger, faster, more explosive, all that good stuff. Um, but I really want, you know, I want the relationships developed to develop. I want the culture to grow and thrive. Um, and I think, you know, coming together like that, really, that that's what lasts for a lifetime, you know, sooner or later. So were you, were you always into books and reading and all of that stuff? Or is that something that developed as you got older? Because I know that sometimes in the black culture, especially like, we're, we're expected to be a lot of the negative things out in the world. We're not supposed to read books. That ain't cool. I'm keeping it real. You know what I mean? All of this stuff. When like, that's what a black man in my mind is supposed to be. He's supposed to be smart. He's supposed to be well-read. supposed to be culture. He's supposed to travel all over the place. He's supposed to be a renaissance man. Like that. that's what a black man and just a man in general is supposed to Absolutely. be. So is that how you were growing up? And if so, like, how did you deal with that in in the community yeah um i mean no i don't think that's how i was like growing up i wasn't a big you know i mean i, I read what i had to read in school um you know and i i picked up the little gems that were that were tossed to me um i i loved hearing stories and 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 you know getting stuff thrown to me by the older people that were in my life my grandparents and my uncles uh my my, my father so you know that stuff always interests me but um I really didn't want to travel. I really didn't, you know, I didn't have much interest in, in doing a lot of stuff. And a lot of it was just, you know, my own ignorance. I just was never exposed to some of it. I didn't have a great model for a lot of those things. And uh, it took a little bit of a, you know, leap of faith and me, me pushing my own limit to take myself to the edge uh, to take a trip somewhere. And, you know, once I did that, then it was like, oh, yeah, I, I love this. I need to do it again. You know, um, yep. I read a book that I liked and that really caught my attention and stuck with me. And it was like, oh, man, 
you know, I really got some stuff from that book. I wonder what another book I could get some more things from, you know. Um, and it, it was, it's, a, it's been a long process. I definitely didn't wake up and, uh, you know, it all made sense. I was, I feel like I was in the dark for a long time. My dad used to always tell me one day, you'll, one day you'll turn this corner. And it was like this imaginary corner that I used to hate to get. It's like, well, I'm to turn the corner. And uh, it's funny because now I laugh because I'm like, you know, eventually I felt like I did turn a little bit of a corner and started seeing things differently. So just working at it and act- actively, you know, trying, actively trying to read the things that I like and things that interest me and do the things that I want to do. What a word for parents like that, like who your kid is now might not be who they're going to be like. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. And, and and I think as parents, that's something, you know, I, I got four kids and that's tough for me to approach it that way sometimes of like, you know, just the fear of like, oh, the, the tendencies my kid has now, the things they're into now, is that what it's going to be like forever? And to like talk to them that way out of fear is not always healthy. But speaking of parenting, and this is a safe space. You're around athletes all the time, right? And sometimes, sometimes you just wish you could grab a megaphone and speak to the the parents that are out there raising up young athletes right now. Now, George has a 2023 quarterback. 2024. 2024. 2024 quarterback. Already got a bunch of offers, right? Getting ready to, to be the guy on varsity and everything like that. And this is new territory for George. He went through it himself, but he didn't go through it in, in, in the modern age. So he's about to step out into uh, a really, really crazy world as a father. What is something that you feel like just being close to the situation, close to college athletics, close to a lot of student athletes? What's a word of wisdom that you could drop on George? Yes. Uh, and know that he's at least not going to take it personally until after the interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far so as far as far as going in, like as far as your his son going, your son going into this next football season and just handling some uh, some of what that means. Yeah, yeah. Like, what would yeah, you yeah. want to be able to say to just parents of of athletes who are who are uh, going through? Um, that you know the kids about to make a college decision yeah. um stuff like that like th- th- whether it's just to tell them to relax or or how they can be a good a good shepherd or what you see in some of the kids that you work with that was good for them or bad for them just a- any type of wisdom you can drop on George yeah um that's a great question um i mean i think it's a real that i think that's a real big time of course for the athlete but definitely for the parents you know and um in those moments getting into the end of that high school time and you like you said offers are coming in and um those decisions are are going to have to be made you know sometime in the near future i i would say uh i would say you know let 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 the let, let your kid put their heart in it um and you know as a parent it's nice to to throw out the things that I feel like the kids don't think about. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I wanted to go to the University of Miami bad. That's all I cared about. I didn't really I didn't think about where I'd be living, how I was going to make, you know, certain things happen. Um, like facilities. I didn't think about, you know, food wise. I didn't think about um, a lot of those things. So it's good. Toss all that stuff, you know, on, 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 on a kid's mind just so they have it in the back. But I, I wouldn't, you know, heart because I think that. Uh, that decision at the end of the day needs to be theirs, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it shapes lives. Um, but then just having fun, especially if you get into that last season, you know, of high school sports and athletics, um, we won't, 
it gets to a point where it, it's it's big it's business you know we want to make it to to a college and then it has to be serious and you you should treat it serious uh but it's gonna keep getting more and more serious so I, you know there's nothing like high school sports i, I wish i could relive oh god man that senior year the senior year of football it was so much fun so and fun. and and the whole crazy part about it is even when you're in the nfl you're still chasing that friday <laughs> night band playing <laughs> like that's the one you're like, I wish I could go back to a simpler time. You you can add these checks back. Just let me go play there. Let me play there. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, have fun, you know, uh, and do your thing, but definitely understand what's to come. Let's weigh out some of these pros and cons um, and then, you know, give it off and let's make a good decision. Why, why, why do you think, you know, try narrowing it down? That's always big. I know a lot of times there's just a million and one things that are going through a kid's brain. So any way that we can slow down some of that process and not make it be way so much, you know, and be so heavy, I think is good for athletes. Were because I know that for some of these kids and even some of the kids that have been at my son's school, I have seen because we have a lot of division one kids come come out of his school. And I've seen where some of the parents kind of have their hopes and dreams wrapped up in the kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, and that the truth be told is that like 1% of high school players are going to go and go play college. Yes. Yes. Granted it's higher at some high schools because they put out a lot more kids, but then 1% of college players. And then it's like, so at some point in time, you only have so many laps in your legs. You only, you know, there's only the few that are going to make it. So how did you deal with, like, b- because we, we all had dreams of, you know, I got seven seasons in. I thought that I was going to go to the Hall of Fame when I came in the league, ended up getting injured a lot and all that. So how did you deal with the fact that you maybe didn't accomplish all the dreams and hopes and dreams that maybe that you had sought, uh, sat out for yourself before you checked into Arizona state. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a tough transition sometimes that you, you gotta make, you know, you can't, you, you can't get too lost in the sauce for me. I, uh, if we go back to, you know, kind of that underdog narrative, I guess, um, I felt a little bit like that when I was in college. I felt um, like I had to – back in high school, I felt like I had the skills to go play major football, and I felt like a lot of people didn't believe that. When I made it to college, I felt like I had the skills to really be that guy, and I felt like I was trying to prove a lot of people you know, wrong who didn't believe that. Um, and in the NFL, I kind of had a little bit of that feeling as well, and I think a big part for me was um, swallowing my pride, swallowing my ego, and understanding that – um, you know, whatever plan that I thought was set and was supposed to be right, I have to be able to pivot. And I have to, you know, if I, if I uh, get stuck banging my head on the one wall that's in front of me, um, I'm not really looking at, you know, everything that else that could come of it. So it took a lot of, it took a lot of cut, sign, cut, sign, cut, you know, <laughs> feeling, feeling, feeling rough. And, and it, it hurt, it hurt the soul a little bit. You know, you, you go through some of those rough patches, but, um, I had to really just sit down with myself and, and understand that, uh, you know, I was able to really accomplish a dream of mine since I was probably seven years old. And although the path, wasn't going exactly how I planned it and how I wanted it to go and how I thought it should have been going. Um, there was, there was a lot of growth in the time period up to where I got to. So I had a lot to be 
happy for and proud of. And now it's time for me to go ahead and swallow my pride. You know what I mean? Give my little ego down and say, okay, well, if I am going to transition out of football, how do I want it to be? You know, and how and how can it be on my own terms? I've had to fight for everything else. So what what do I really want to fight for? That's next for me. All right, Gary Chambers, Eastern Michigan strength coach, NFL alum, CFL alum, Arizona State Sun Devil. We got that in common. Yeah, uh, so. Uh. I- <laughs> Sorry, George. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm fine. You see who I rock, who I rock with. I'm, I'm always in good shape around here. I'm always in good shape. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Well, we like to, we like to end the interviews the same way every time. Um, everybody, uh, you know, everybody cooks different. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that one ingredient though that 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 speaks to who they are and what they focus on. So to end this interview of making an athlete, uh, when you think about an ingredient that you can put into building an athlete, making an athlete, what's that one key ingredient that is most important to you? Mm. That one key ingredient that's most important to me, um, man, because there are so many, you know, I would say the one that pops out first to me is just resilience. Um, I think resilience is important. Uh, there's a lot of athletes. There's a lot going on, and none of us know. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. None of us know exactly uh, how everything's gonna pan out. But th- those who stop, I know for I know one thing: it doesn't never pans out. You know, so if it's something that you love and something that you enjoy doing, um, you might wanna you might have to adjust as to what capacity you do it in. You might have to adjust, you know, your thoughts uh, on what it is. But I think resilience, uh, not not quitting, not stopping. Um, you know, don't let other people's disbelief in something stop you from from attempting it yourself. Um, and usually something good, whatever the lesson is or whatever, you know, the result is, it's usually something good. Absolutely, man. Gary, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. appreciate you share with us how to make an athlete. Much success to you over at Eastern Michigan. And, you know, may may your all your hopes, dreams and career goals that you have envisioned and the ones that you haven't yet envisioned come true. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. You guys. Peace out. Catch you guys next episode. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st. 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.